I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Hey folks, Dr. Joe Esposito here. So glad we could spend a little time together. Love having you guys with me. So we're talking today about sugar and how it can affect the brain and it's linked to Alzheimer's disease. Now, if you've ever had to deal with someone with Alzheimer's disease, it's horrible. They don't know who you are. They don't know who they are. What happens is the brain is not working properly. And the research, current research is showing that you're, you're building up something called amyloid plaque. And this is a protein that builds up on the nerves, making it simple, and the nerves can't fire and they can't uh, transmit messages the way they're supposed to. And so the part of the brain where you have memory can't get to the part of your mouth or the part of your brain that says, okay, I remember this, what do I do about it? And it becomes a real serious issue. So these amyloid plaques are the thing we're finding when we do autopsies on people with Alzheimer's disease. Sugar looks like it's linked to the development of these amyloid plaques. What happens is you have a protein, it's called a tau protein, T-A-U. And a tau protein, when it's uh, by itself, keeping it simple, is, uh, is, is fine. But what happens is we think, not sure about this, the tau protein essentially turns itself inside out. And when it turns itself inside out, it gets sticky. So it starts to stick to other proteins in the area, and that can cause this placking. So we're going to talk about how sugar might be linked to Alzheimer's disease, what else might be linked to Alzheimer's disease, but most importantly, what you can do to prevent it. Because right now, there is really no known treatment. There are some things we'll talk about, like cutting out sugar and increasing your ketones, but there's really no known treatment that's very effective. So the most important thing you can do is prevent it. Now, if you have a history in your family of Alzheimer's disease, you really want to take note of this. If you don't have a history of uh, Alzheimer's disease in your family, you still need to take note of it because this can happen to anyone. Now, what we do is, if you've listened to the show before, we have a little segment that we do called Head to Toe with Dr. Joe. And today, we started out with the hair. Now, we're going to go inside the head into the brain. We're going to do this little segment, then go back to Alzheimer's. So, we'll be discussing how a sugary diet can negatively affect the brain. But let me talk about how the brain works. The way the brain works is different parts. And different parts of the brain control different uh, motions or actions in your body. There's a part of the brain that controls your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen, your memory, your left arm, your right arm. Everything is controlled by the brain. So the brain sends messages down the spine, out the nerves to every cell in the body. So right now, your brain is sending a message to your heart. It makes your heart beat, your lungs breathe, your eyes see, your hair grow. So the messages have to get from the brain down to the body and then back up again. That's how the brain works. That's how the nervous system works. You have the central nervous system, which is your brain and spinal cord, and it's encased in bone because it's really important and the body has to protect it. And then you have your peripheral nerves. These are the nerves that go out to the periphery, that's why I call peripheral nerves, or different parts of the body. So your brain is sending messages down the spine, out the nerves. They're sending messages back up to the body and it goes back and forth and that's how your body stays alive. What makes the nerve impulse? What makes electricity in the body? Because we're not plugged into the wall, we have to generate our own electricity. And what happens is in a nerve, you have sodium and potassium, one inside the cell, one outside the cell, the nerve cell, and they switch back and forth. And when they go back and forth in and out of the, in, in and out of the cells, they create what's called an action potential. This is a nerve impulse. And so you have to have the right amounts of sodium and potassium. 
The problem is you don't want to take in too much bad sodium, like table sugar, table salt, for example, it's really bad. So you can use something called air-dried sea salt, Himalayan salt, Celtic salt. These are salts that are not refined. Because this is what happens. You take a, a good salt, like a Himalayan sea salt, you refine it, take all the nutrients out of it, or most of the nutrients out of it, what's left is essentially sodium and chloride. That gets into the body, and in high concentrations of sodium and chloride, it's a problem. When you have it with all the other nutrients, like in Himalayan salt or pink salt, that's when it's okay. There's over 70 different nutrients in, in Himalayan salt. What happens is you start taking the good stuff out, and what do we do with this stuff? Why take it out? We take it out so we can sell it as supplements. So why not just use the salt? It's a whole lot cheaper and a whole lot better for you, and a whole lot saltier, by the way. So be careful when you use that. So the messages have to get from the brain, down the spine, out the nerve, and back up. You gotta protect your brain. It's so important. Your body knows how important your brain is. It encased it in bone. The hardest substance your body can produce is bone. And it encased the brain in bone to protect it. But here's where the, the, the rub comes. Your brain is floating in a fluid called cerebrospinal fluid. And the bone is around the outside. So if you get in an accident, let's assume a car accident, you're a football player, you get tackled, you slip and fall, you bang your head. You're, let's assume you get hit from the rear. Your head snaps backwards. Your brain essentially moves forward because it's floating in fluid and slams against the front of your skull. So if you get hit in the rear, the head snaps backwards, the brain slams into the front of the skull. Then your head snaps forward and the brain slams into the back of the skull. So if you're tackled in football, if you fall downstairs and your head bounces around, you can have a closed brain injury, a traumatic brain injury. And if the brain slams into the skull, it can actually start to swell. So that's why when I see patients in car accidents, and we see a ton of car accidents in my offices because we're really well versed in dealing with car accidents and trauma cases, we ask them questions. Are you dizzy? Do you have blurred vision? Do you have any emotional issues? Are you having mood swings? Are you tired all the time? These can be all signs of a closed brain injury, a traumatic brain injury. And left untreated, it can be very serious. That's why, folks, if you have an injury, especially a head injury, or any type of injury, but a head injury especially, please come see us. Because if it's not diagnosed properly, not treated properly, it can lead to real serious problems. Every day I have patients. I had a patient the other day. She worked for a lawyer. Uh, auto accident lawyer, and she was in an accident, and she went to other doctors. She wasn't getting the results she wanted. She came in to see us, and I said, okay, we're going to give you chiropractic care. And I said, have you had an MRI yet? And she said, no. I sent her out for an MRI, and we saw the traumatic brain injury, uh, the results of it. Not a good thing. So you got to be really, really careful uh, with the brain. So you got to protect the brain because the brain controls everything. So if you have headaches, blurred vision, fatigue all the time, come see us. Let us take a look and see what's going on. It could be a pinched nerve, could be nutritional. The brain needs three things. It needs oxygen, stimulation, and nutrition. So if you're not breathing properly, you have a problem. If you're not stimulating your brain, you have a problem. If you don't have the right nutrition, you have a problem. Breathing is a big issue, and what can happen is your stomach, which sits below your diaphragm, can push up into your diaphragm. And if the stomach pushes up into the diaphragm, your diaphragm can't drop down, so you can't breathe properly. So many, many times I have patients with acid reflux, heartburn, uh, sleep apnea, snoring. The stomach is up against the diaphragm. We adjust or pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm. And if that's the cause of the problem, the results almost always are amazing. And people say, doc, you adjusted my stomach. I'm breathing better. I'm thinking better. I'm clearer. I'm not as moody. Now we're getting oxygen up to the brain. The brain needs stimulation. So what you can do is go to our website, drjoe.com, and listen to over a thousand hours of podcasts. We have audio which is on SoundCloud. We have video, which is on YouTube. 
And so you can search the SoundCloud or the YouTube for different topics that you may be looking for. And with SoundCloud, you have to type in Dr. Joe cholesterol, Dr. Joe pain, whatever it is, and it'll bring up our audios. On YouTube, you just have to type in the topic. That's going to stimulate your brain. Listening to this show right now is stimulating your brain. How cool is that? And then you need nutrition. And most people are starving their brains. And it hurts me so bad when I see people eating bad diets when all they have to do is eat something good. It's so cheap and easy to eat a good diet. So supplement-wise, I'd recommend something called Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. It's the minimum amount of nutrients you need every single day. They're two powders. They taste great. They're relatively inexpensive. I can't imagine a day without Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. So if you want to start by nourishing the brain, Make sure you're breathing properly. If you have acid reflux, come see us. Hopefully, we can fix it. If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, come see us. Hopefully, we can fix it. And then make sure you're getting the right nutrition. So the Super Greens and the Essential Source, along with a bunch of other supplements we're going to talk about today, are on my website, drjoe.com, along with all the audio and video that you can stimulate your brain with. So the brain is important. We're doing a segment called Head to Toe with Dr. Joe. Next week, we're going to keep working our way down the body and cover different parts of the body and how they work. So back to our main topic today, which is sugar, and Alzheimer's disease. Research links a nutrient-poor, Western-style way of eating with cognitive impairment, which means you can't think, you can't process information. Issues about thinking, learning, memory. And we're not just talking about like garden variety forgetfulness, so I walk into the room, gee, why am I here? That happens to all of us. But when it becomes a big issue, when people start forgetting a lot of things, when they leave their uh, keys in the refrigerator and they can't find them, uh, when they don't remember who somebody is, somebody close to them. Of course, we run into people we know, hey, how you doing? It's nice to see you. You may not remember that person, but if it's your husband, your wife, your family, your brother, your sister, your kids, that's when it becomes a real issue. And the Western diet, what we call the SAD diet, the standard American diet, SAD, has a lot to do with brain function. Remember, the brain needs what? Three things, oxygen, stimulation, and nutrition. And we're not giving it many times any of that. So research suggests that a regular diet of processed food and sugary foods can really mess with the insulin in the brain. Now, we used to think that just the pancreas made insulin. It turns out that the brain actually makes insulin as well. What does insulin do? What insulin does is it gets, it's released into the blood when sugar is present. And it goes up to the cells, and it's like a key. And it goes into the cell and opens up the cell so that sugar is allowed in, glucose specifically, is allowed into the cell so the cell can utilize glucose as a fuel. When you eat a lot of sugar, you produce a lot of insulin. And now we're calling this Alzheimer's type three diabetes. It's also known as Alzheimer's disease. So what happens is the body, the brain is not utilizing the sugar because you become insulin resistant. I'm gonna talk about that in just a second. A paper published in a, on current Alzheimer's research, a Dr. Delamonte reviewed a growing body of evidence suggesting that Alzheimer's is fundamentally a metabolic disease in which the brain's ability to use glucose and produce energy is impaired. So it's not, the brain is not working properly. And if we start building up these these proteins in the brain, the brain can't fire messages properly. So we're starting to see the link, and now there may be a link that the sugar might be affecting the tau proteins to open them up, make them sticky, they kind of turn inside out, and now we build up the amyloid plaque in the brain. These proteins kind of stick together and create a plaque along the nerve. So the evidence suggests that Alzheimer's has virtually all the features of diabetes, but is confined to the brain. That's why it's called type three diabetes. Now one study, study Dr. DiLamonte and her, and her team uh, disrupted the way brain, uh, rat brains respond to insulin. 
the rats develop all the brain damage seen in Alzheimer's disease. So for example, the areas of the brain associated with memory became clotted with the toxic protein fragments we call the beta amyloid plaques. The rats were unable to learn their way through a maze. In other experiments where insulin resistance was induced, we forced insulin resistance, again, type 2 diabetes is insulin resistance, they developed many of the features of Alzheimer's disease. So people with type 2 diabetes are significantly more likely to suffer from Alzheimer's. While a disease doesn't necessarily cause Alzheimer's, researchers believe that both the disease, diseases, Alzheimer's and diabetes, may share the same root insulin resistance, which can be caused by eating too much sugary, fatty junk food. So there are seven foods that I talk about. I've been talking about these for 30 plus years. I call them the seven deadly sins of nutrition. These are the foods you really want to cut back or cut out of your diet. And one of the seven deadly sins is, guess what? Sugar. So if you've never heard me do the seven deadly sins, if you have, same with me. Alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. Most of you collectively had one thought. Well, that's my whole diet. Dr. Joe, that's all I eat is alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. I can't not eat those, I'll starve. The answer is, you're wrong. There's about 120, and I'm guessing at that number, about 120,000 foods you can eat. There's seven you want to avoid. Most of you eat the seven and avoid the other 120,000. So it's not hard to do this, it's actually easy. And every patient I've ever run into in my entire life that actually does what we ask them to do, and it's not hard, come back to me and say, Dr. Joe, why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I suffer for so long? Why did I have the, the gas and the bloating and the pain and the headaches and the overweight and the fatigue and the, and the digestive issues when all I had to do was stop putting the poison in my body? And the cool part about this is it's passive, it's not active. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to not do something. I'm asking you to not put the bad foods in your diet. Is it a little tricky at first? Yes. Just before I came on here, I was downstairs I was at the studio. I was talking to my friend Sabrina and we were chatting. And we always talk about health. And she was saying that she had her blood work done and her iron was too high. And she goes, my doctor doesn't know why my iron is so high. She's of childbearing years. So usually iron is low in women like that. And she said, I'm not sure what to do. I said, here's a simple answer. I said, go donate blood. When you donate blood, your body then will lower its iron levels. And she looked at me, she goes, it's that easy. I said, yeah, it's that easy. Now, you really want to find out why you have the high iron. So let's look at your diet. Let's find out what else is going on. Let's look at your liver. Maybe put you on some milk thistle or something to clean out the liver. But to bring the iron down quickly is just donate some blood. It wasn't outrageously high. So it wasn't like poison blood. And she said, every time I talk to you, I learn something new and you always give me something that's so easy to do. Now, I've known Sabrina for, I don't know, probably 20 years now on and off. So it's not hard. It's easy. When you just say, okay, I can do this. So get the bad food out of the house, especially the sugars, the breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pasta, sugar, get them out of the house because that's where some of the problems are. Then we have to look at the physical aspects of your body. Do you have pinched nerves? Do you have clogged blood vessels? As a chiropractor, my team of doctors and I, we look for pinched nerves all the time. So if you have a pinched nerve in the neck, that can pinch the nerve supply up into the brain, eyes, ears, and sinuses. So you might have headaches, blurred vision, dizziness, loss of memory, fatigue, ring of the ear, sinus congestion. But there's also a blood vessel that runs between the blood bones back here called the basovertebral artery. And if the bones twist out of place, you can pinch the basovertebral artery and that can affect blood going to the brain. What does the brain need? Oxygen. How does it get oxygen? Through the blood. So from a chiropractic standpoint, we want to fix the cause of your physical problems. So if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, we talked about car accidents earlier. If you've ever had any of these issues, come see us. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We would love to be your doctors. 
So go to my website, drjoe.com. You can make an appointment right now. The supplements we talk about are always on the website, drjoe.com. And we talked about stimulating the brain. There's over 1,000 hours of podcasts on the website as well, drjoe.com. So a lot of information there for you. So spend a little time. And if you have any questions, send them to me through the website. I'm more than happy to answer them for you. But you can make an appointment to see us right online. So we're talking about Alzheimer's and sugar. When research, researchers fed healthy men and women a high-saturated fat diet loaded with refined grains and sugars for just one month, their insulin levels rose and the levels of beta amyloid plaque in their spinal fluid rose significantly. So in the archives of neurology, this study was reported, uh, a control group on a lower saturated fat, healthier carb diet showed reductions in the beta amyloid plaques. So Dr. DeLamonte's research is ongoing, but the implications are clear, pointing to an adverse connection between sugar consumption and Alzheimer's disease. So the more sugar they fed the people, the higher this amyloid built up <clears throat> in the lungs and in, in, uh, in the spine and in, in, uh, in the brain. Not a good thing. And here's the cool thing too. When, when I've done it with patients as well, I get them off the sugar and I get them on a good plant-based diet, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, very little fruit because that's sugar in it. I uh, get them on supplements like Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Central Source, Nitric Oxide. Uh, that's on the website too, drjoe.com. Nitric Oxide opens up your blood vessels and increases circulation. And it's amazing. Patients come in and say, oh my gosh, my mother recognized me today. Now, they may not spring back in a day or two, but we're now we're doing the things to try to get the brain working more efficiently. Because the brain has something called plasticity. And with plasticity, the brain can actually rewire itself around damaged areas. That's why if somebody has a stroke, the they start to get better. Well, the brain is damaged, but because the brain has this plasticity, like plastic, it can remodel itself. And so it's important that the brain is taken care of before the injuries occur. And if an injury does occur, we got to take care of it as well. I go insane when I see people in spinal trauma centers or where there's head injury cases, and they're feeding them sugar and jellos and cookies and cakes and donuts and pastas, and I just want to scream. The brain is starved for nutrients and you're not giving it the nutrients that it needs. Why would you do that? It's insane to me. So take care of your brain. It's really important. Take care of your spine too. As chiropractors, of course, we worry about that. So sugar, bad thing. So let's talk about sugar in the United States and consumption. Approximately 2.21 million tons of sugar are consumed. So let's say that again. 2.21 million tons of sugar consumed every year. That's outrageous. That adds up to 14.1 pounds of sugar per person every year in the United States. 14 pounds. Now, according to a report released by, released by a major soda manufacturers, manufacturer, the average person in the United States consumes a whopping 399 servings, which is eight fluid ounces of cola every year. That's about one a day. A single can of bottle of cola contained 12 fluid ounces. That's a lot. Now, this is the equivalent of 266 cans of cola per capita in the U.S. per year. So that's a lot of soda, folks, it's cola alone. For comparison, the U.S. consumption nearly uh, quintuples the worldwide average of 57 cans of cola per capita per year. So we do about four times as much as everybody else. 86 affluent ounce servings for the rest of the world, we're way beyond that. Interestingly enough, consumption of soda is down 4% from a decade ago, whereas worldwide consumption is up 30%, and we're still kicking fanny when it comes to how much soda and sugar we eat. A can of now a Diet Cola contains 39 grams of regular carbs, so it contains 39 grams of carbohydrates, all from sugar. Diet soda has zero grams of sugar. 
but it doesn't mean it's safe to drink. According to one report, uh, uh, cola has 30, uh, uh, one cola brand has 63% market share combining diet and non-diet. So it's a big issue. That translates to 2, 2 billion kilograms or 2.12 million tons of sugar from a cola company each year. That's a lot. Incidentally, most of the sugar is not actually natural cane sugar, but something called high fructose corn syrup. Now, given that the recommended daily sugar intake from the American Heart Association is between six and nine teaspoons a day, and that a single can of cola already contains eight teaspoons, it's no wonder that coronary heart disease is the leading cause of death in America. It's causing a, a, a ton of deaths about, uh, it, it, because the number one leader, and a lot of it has to do with the amount of sugar that we're eating. So we got to be careful about how much sugar we're eating. And remember, one can of soda has just about all the sugar you, can, you should consume in a day. So if you're just having a can of soda and nothing else to eat for the rest of the day, you're probably okay. Well, sugar standpoint, you're probably going to die. But don't do that. And it's so hard to do. Now, the artificial sweeteners, if you ever heard my lectures, are I feel worse than sugar because artificial sweeteners can cause all sorts of problems. I don't have time to cover it in today's show. But if you go to my website, drjoe.com, go to my YouTube channel uh, or, the, uh, or the SoundCloud, and you'll see a, a lecture that I did called The Seven Deadly Sins of Nutrition. And in that, we, talk, we do a whole segment on artificial sweeteners. I don't have time to cover it today. We only have you know, a quick segment here. But do that. If you do artificial sweeteners, I'm begging you, I'm on my knees, please, I want you to stop. You can do things like stevia, lohan, uh, xylitol, those are all okay, but I want you to cut out those artificial sweeteners, please. And if you don't believe me, go to my website and listen to the show, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So we're talking today about Alzheimer's disease and sugar and the link. So Alzheimer's disease, it's a severe form of dementia, affects about 5.2 million Americans, and that's back in 2013, it's probably higher than that now. One in nine seniors over the age of 65 has Alzheimer's. That's why most of you have been affected by it. And disease is now thought to be the third leading cause of death in the United States, right behind heart disease and cancer. Now, growing body research suggests there's a powerful connection between your diet and the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Now, there's pathways that can happen that cause type 2 diabetes. That's what's happening in the brain. Now, contrary to popular belief, your brain does not require a lot of glucose and it actually functions fine on other fuels like ketones. Now, your brain does well with glucose on a regular basis. If the brain becomes insulin resistant, what's going to happen is uh, you can switch to ketones as a fuel and the body starts to work pretty well. So it's really important that you start to consider if I do have Alzheimer's or starting to see signs of it, you really cut back on the sugar and you're going to say, what can my brain use? It's going to use something called ketones. Alzheimer's and other brain disorders uh, may in fact, in large part, be caused by a constant burning of glucose for fuel by the brain. It uses too much of it. So as I said earlier, Alzheimer's disease is tentatively dubbed type 3 diabetes, and this is because in early 2005, researchers discovered that in addition to the pancreas, the brain also produces insulin, and it's necessary for survival of the brain cells. In your brain, insulin it would, it goes into the cells and opens it up so the neurons can uptake glucose and it regulates the neurotransmitters, such as something called acetylcholine, which is critical for memory. This is why reducing the level of insulin in your brain uh, uh, impairs your cognition. Research also shows that type 2 diabetes, diabetics, lose more brain volume with age than expected, particularly something called the gray matter. Now, this kind of brain atrophy is yet another contributing factor to dementia. So studies have found that people with lower levels of insulin and insulin receptors, that's where insulin gets absorbed in their brain, 
are oftentimes have Alzheimer's. So if you're producing too much insulin, the cells become insulin resistant. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. Or you may not have enough insulin receptors. A receptor is where the insulin gets into the cell and opens up the cell. So you may have a genetic predisposition. So you've got to be careful because the sugar can produce too much insulin and cause a lot of problems. Now, according to recent research published in the journal Neurology, sugar and other carbohydrates can disrupt the brain function even if you're not diabetic or if you, have signs of, if you don't have signs of dementia. High levels of glucose were associated with worse memory as well as smaller something, part of the brain called the hippocampus. And it's comprised of the hippocampus. The hippocampus is where you have memories. So folks, got to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk a lot more about sugar and insulin resistance and Alzheimer's and how it's linked to diabetes and then the things you need to do to fix it. You'll be surprised how easy this is. Maybe not fix it, but certainly work with it. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. If you have a problem, health, health problems, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, digestive issues, acid reflux, you've been in a car accident. If the car was damaged, you were damaged 100% of the time. So I want you to stop waiting. I want you to stop suffering. And I want you to go to my website right now and make an appointment. The website is drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. I know this show goes all over the world. So if you're not in the Atlanta area, we can always do a phone consultation if you'd like. But stop suffering. Get to the website, drjoe.com. Make an appointment right now because what's going to happen is you're going to walk away and go, I forgot to do it. And you'll hear the show again and go, I forgot to do it. Let me do it this time. Just do it now. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. The website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.